fucking Mark! This is the house for her brother. Yeah, it's fucking me. Yeah, and uh, listen to the fucking Hameen Media Group. That's Ben Hameen, Hameen Media Group from Rip Rogers. Go get him and go fuck yourself. Yes, y'all, that's right, infidels. It's time to make history. Four years in the beginning of October. It's time to harvest and reap what we sow. And tonight we'll find out at this show. It's time for your AEW Dynamite Review, Light the Fuse. Here, Hami Media Group, ChannelAttitude.com. YOLO! <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Wow. Four years. Does it seem like four years we've been watching AEW? Uh, you know, but uh, uh, some some interesting choices last night and some snafus and, and FUs and uh, missed opportunities, man. But uh, big news, obviously, for them with uh, Adam Copeland, Ed Gee, uh, Ledge, <laughs> whatever. Uh, the Internet's going crazy with the memes to call them, you know. The coping mechanism, I think uh, that'd be all right. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll get to we'll get to some of the production woes last night, and uh, but uh, still a big get for uh, AEW here to have uh, a Hall of Fame talent and to make a moment with Edge and Christian, and then to really do it way too soon. And I'll get into all that type of stuff. Just a lot of shotgunning, and I'm surprised that. Uh, the guys involved allowed it to happen because I know they're masters of this craft. So to do it right out of the gate is interesting to me, but it was, uh, what was it? AEW wet dream, wrestle dream, whatever it was uh, over the weekend where all your favorite new Japan stars were intertwined with the AEW and ROH roster. So nothing really meant anything. And there's rumors that TK is going to buy, uh, buy new Japan. Is that what I heard as well? So, interesting and maybe uh you know the yakuza are tired of losing money on it and uh they saw what uh, he might have paid uh, for ring of honor and it might not be a bad investment at the end of the day if you're really trying to build a uh, library of content for a future subscription service or a current subscription service is kind of floundering to sell those assets to a hulu to a netflix or lease them anyway maybe not sell um so could be a, a better long-term business move but regardless man we're lighting it up here ben hameen youtube channel uh twitch.tv slash hameen media had a great time last night with the aew self-help oh we missed it tony uh and uh it was a good time seven belts one bro hug uh and uh i think three pile drivers and a partridge and a pear tree were the final tallies from last night. I, I, I called nine belts, but uh, nine more belts, nine more belts. Uh, and I didn't, but uh, man, that Tony Soprano sting has got me uh, pumped there. I, I saw, you know, on one of the Twitter accounts that Joe Feeney and I follow, <laughs> I could be in Sopranos, mega marks. Uh, the one guy, uh, it's not a guy over here. Not a guy. Uh, 
has got it, I guess, secured, he says, at the Tony Soprano house to host a barbecue dinner party there. And he's already got seven members of the Sopranos cast signed on. Now, I got to believe they're not going to let more than 100 people in there. And so now you're talking $10,000 tickets. So, boy, wouldn't that be an awesome, awesome treat. But we got Vimeo to pay for and every other thing coming up here for HMG. So we appreciate all the bit cheers and super stickers and subscribers and everybody who's been so generous donating wise to help keep the lights on and troops fed and making sure uh everything can run as smoothly as uh as it can so appreciate you guys there in the chat uh with any of that stuff or any of that business uh but uh, i understand there's halloween candy that's got to be bought <laughs> costumes and all that i'm trying not to manja too hard but man that halloween candy is a fucking achilles heel isn't it having it around uh but season's changing it was good to be uh off for a week want to say thanks to the entire staff here at hmg i really needed that recharge to be on the beach showed some of my uh home movie pictures last night uh videos of uh dominican republic getting away with the wives for our anniversary it was a great time so thanks for everybody who sent us well wishes as well and i really needed those days to recover because i'm right back in the thick of it in the can of biz with uh what's going on uh in new york uh, they just opened general licensing, which if you have all the pieces in play from the former card licensing where we got held up, hopefully you can get fast tracked. So my business partners and I have been on that, uh, you know, the last uh, 72 hours hard and heavy. So things are moving at a clip as always, but it's good to be out of process paralysis and have your mind moving forward instead of being smashed against the tide. You know what I mean? Every, every time you try and take a step out. So um, yeah. Uh, and I get that uh, adrenaline rush from business and I enjoy talking about it and doing it every day. And that's what the HMG soldiers are here for, I guess. But uh, there's business to be done on the fourth anniversary of AEW Dynamite, man. Think back to early promises of, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, sports-based competition and that, uh, records are going to mean everything if you're 46 and two you're going to be you know whatever and we see that that it was all you know some bullshit on paper where they wanted to say what can we do differently than wwe well there's a reason why they don't do it it's because it really doesn't work um and you, even if you had to stick to it it's going to come off nothing more than fantasy league nerds you know what i mean it really isn't going to mean a damn thing the only thing that matters in this business is character and and that storyline revolves around it the evolution of it the hero's journey the love the loss all of that brotherhood betrayal sex and uh none of those things have to do with what record uh, you have <laughs> you can you can build a titan by having them go undefeated or you can build uh, an underdog by having them go defeated. But aside from that, records really don't mean fuck all when it comes to the storyline. So uh, from from those early days, but uh, I did see, uh, you know, I can't remember who it was saying Nick Jackson's a cancer or, the, uh, you know, the, the Young Bucks are a cancer on this business. And 
how they've warped the style or made a mockery of it or, or little guys getting over or what have you, you know, all these little passive aggressive uh, things that they don't actually say, but they're trying to say. And then I was glad Nick clapped back at him and be like, yeah, we're a cancer dude. We're the ones who uh, really <laughs> in layman's terms, we're the one who worked this money mark into starting a whole fucking fed that employs hundreds of people now. Like, yeah, we're, we're cancers on the business. You might not like the way we work, but a cancer, fuck no, dude. Without the Young Bucks and what they did to pioneer with Tony Khan to open up those uh, that, that those purse strings, right, to, to get the money invested. And, and even now they're making NBA money <laughs> is what they say. Um, good on them, man. I might not agree with some of the psychology, but at the end of the day, those guys did get a hundred people plus jobs and their families get to survive and they expanded the industry massively. And that's not, that's not just benefit them. In fact, if anybody's creative has been hurt and an image by this, whether it's brawl out or anything like that, it's the bucks because they haven't been able to just focus on being the center of attention and being great entertainers. Now they, they rib themselves by booking themselves over as EVPs that sounded excellent on paper when we're starting off and we're like yeah we'll have some power to play with here but that means you got to run the show and that's a way bigger uh you know bite to chew on uh and and their performance i believe you would ask them would say it's definitely suffered because of that cody said that like you're not ready to be the booker, the writer, the talent agent, and then worry about your own segment and performance and superstar. You can't do it. So if anybody's been more selfless really than almost anybody, I'd say it's the bucks. So more armchair quarterbacks talking shit. But my point being, and that is in the opening match of this show with uh Phoenix Phoenix, however you might want to pronounce it, wherever you are, they kind of put that over and put the Jaxes over. So you can tell that they were really wounded by that and that that weird little trolling Twitter exchange and it really made it into the commentary without um, putting it over like I just did and explaining it out where they're putting the Jacksons over, you know. So that's, uh, you know, all the way around. But uh, I, I see some uh, different opinions, man, um, <clears throat> you know, the, of, of what it is. Uh, who see, like they say, might not be your cup of tea, uh, but uh, they 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 they've made it on their own without WWE. They're millionaires. You can't take that away from them. Um, and uh, they didn't put up with punk shit and vice versa. And I've never, I've, I all I can tell you is from my personal experience, I've seen one guy act one way, and I've worked with the other guys, and I've never seen a problem out of them ever. Now that doesn't mean things can't change. Or just didn't happen to see it when they cross streams, but I, I've seen my dealings with them. So, and you know, J12 not a fan says they're channel changers. Uh, I don't. Uh, they they might be if you don't uh, uh, like the the size or whatever the rib on wrestling. But at the same time, they should be main event draws because they can get over. They they have the character and they should be ribbing the business. Uh, sorry. Oh, just more cannabis going on. <laughs> but the fact that they've sacrificed their own TV time, because that's the most dangerous thing is when you're a booker, if you book yourself into a top spot, they're going to be like, well, they went into biz for themselves. Well, they have every right to do that because they started the goddamn company and they're EVPs, you know? 
Now, what qualifications did they have to be that? I don't know, but we're just trying to get into Tony's pockets in those early days, right? So from those early days in the, uh, you know, this is going to be different in the parking lot speech coming off of the Bullet Club hype when it was really, truly a hot thing and not, you know, something that's fizzled three times already and when they tried to launch it. Um, they bastardized the shit out of that brand and they still keep trying to get it over. Um, you know, till till now where they just re-signed and they probably could have gone to WWE, but they were signed for NBA money and they probably don't have to worry. I don't think they had to worry about anything before that for the rest of their lives, you know, but uh, here they are. So, um, yeah, you won't catch me saying the Young Bucks fuck them and da-da-da-da, dude. Just the, what they did to create jobs in this business, that's one of the hardest things to do. You do it like – you got 10,000 workers in 80 spots in WWE, maybe another 40 with NXT. So 120 spots now with AEW and ROH, that's another 80 to hundred spots right on that. You know what I mean? And that's awesome. And then when you leave either of those companies, then you can probably go to impact or NWA and be made. So the trickle down effect is a real thing for sure. And just making value for guys to earn more. So and, and help draw houses on the indies when we bring people in. So like if, uh, I, I don't think anybody in the business would, would down them for that. Now, not selling a super kick. <laughs> so that's a different story altogether. Um, but, uh, Ray Fenix, uh, Phoenix and Nick Jackson for the AEW international championship. Uh, my stream was kind of cutting in and out here. Um, but even at the kickoff of the show, and maybe this was the streamers themselves, and if you weren't watching and paying for cable like an idiot, uh, that um, somebody said the show started off with Spanish commentary, which, hey, let's get bilingual with it. Why not? If I, if I was Ray Phoenix, that'd be my thing. would be like, I want every one of my matches uh, in, in Spanish. Fuck English commentary, Mexico over strong, whatever it be. Any, any uh, luchador could request that, you know, get heat off of it with the immigration shit that's going on right now. But what do I know? Um, but then it switched. So I don't know if that was a streamer just having it on Espanol and that stream was coming through or not, but, uh, I was, uh, talking with Stevie earlier, big Stevie, cool Stevie Richards, wrestling analysis, more great videos just dropped there. Make sure you're going check them out. Uh, but you know, with the WWE layoffs, uh, last week of a hundred office and production people, did they lay off DJ jazzy, uh, deaf and did AEW snap them up because this show was fraught with production errors and, uh, misses and, and audio issues. Uh, it's so much so to the point that Tony Khan during the middle of the show after uh, a very, mm, as Conan would say, JoJo uh, pre-tape uh, aired and the sound was effed up. I didn't hear it on the stream I was on that the sound was effed up, but they came back from commercial and replayed the whole brutal thing again because the sound was messed up, I guess. I don't know. Um, we didn't get that, but it made them look like, amateur hour you know what i mean like that piece wasn't that important to replay it it just really wasn't so uh and then when you think they're going off air at 10 they go off at 1005 1006 with edge and christian uh because tony called up to request overrun to uh, interrupt whatever is on after him so 
trying to pass the heat on the TBS TNT. And, and earlier in the day, they said that TBS, uh, that, that they had them marked on TBS for four in the afternoon instead of 8 p.m. So I think it was the fourth anniversary and somebody had a little dyslexia moment and put 4 p.m. And, um, you know, <laughs> it seemed like yesterday, no, A, nobody, I hopefully nobody got hurt or anything like that. Seriously, that's the first thing. But sometimes murphy's law and all that shit and uh the the improv game what could possibly go wrong now when you're just trying to put on a fourth anniversary show and <laughs> have all your best you know uh th things laid out and then one thing goes awry and you're like okay we got we put that fire out then something else goes off and then something else and now you're overrun and you're like oh god like it, sometimes the mojo is just like that and i'm sure there was a lot of stress with that backstage last night. That's one of the things, if you watch the OVW series, <laughs> and some things will never change, you know. OVW looks great with the way it, it's revamped the arena, but it's still kind of, when it comes to tech in a, in a small do it DIY studio, sometimes it's bubblegum, you know, band-aids and best wishes <laughs> holding things together. And when you got production upstairs shooting, uh, hard cam and it feeds down into uh you know the director's booth and all of a sudden the monitor goes out because of a loose cable or attenuated uh signals or a, a piece of duct tape holding something in place comes undone like that's a like scattered feeling when you're in the middle trying to direct the show and now you're blind to what should be going on to be giving cues and all that kind of shit now that's just at ovw and i think the series wrestlers covers that anxiety perfectly because <laughs> i've been in that room plenty of times when that's happened and to see it still happening i'm like oh man i'm glad i'm not dealing with that right now and you see al and revolver like oh half freak out I'm trying to get back online well, that's what was happening last night on a much bigger scale on their fourth anniversary. And you're like, what the fuck? Like everything just compounds stress-wise because you want it to go so well. The more, the tighter you hold on to it, the more it's going to slip through your fingers. So very, very, uh, <laughs> I'm sure stressful night to some degree. Uh, joyous night that turns like, <sighs> well, we got through it. Not how we wanted to, but nobody died. On to the next one. And that's the that's the beauty of uh, this art form. You're making a agreement with the audience that you're out there on the high wire with no net. And sometimes it's going to really hit and production and the feeling and the timing and the rhythm is there. And you get the huge sense of the pop of the crowd. And then all it takes is one little thing to be off and whoa, you could fall right on your face and the crowd's going to be there for that too. It's that agreement of, Hey, we're out here doing our best. We're going to try and give it to you, but anything could go wrong. And it's surprising more things don't go wrong, you know? Uh, and there's things that go wrong that the crowd will never even know about. Um, you know, think about all the times Undertaker's pyro's gone off and caught shit on fire. You're out there fucking trying to keep the show together instead of burning the building down. So, uh, yeah, man, that's that's all part of being a producer backstage and the, the hair-raising adrenaline experience. So 
shout out to all those production people who probably had to deal with that on the fly. Uh, I've been where you've been. And uh, that the when your asshole puckers up and your your nuts go up in your guts, uh, that's a get, – get TBS on the line. We need five more minutes to do the edge stuff at the end. Like, you're making the calls. Like, we this happened, this happened, this happened. Heat's on you. We need five more minutes. Like, uh, dude, you don't want to be the guy who has to make those calls because Tony's probably not getting on the line to do it. But somebody's got to do it, bro. Somebody's got to do it. So uh, it, there's there's uh, interesting soldiers in the foxholes on that type of stuff. So uh, let's see here. I got to get a drink of water. One second here. Ding dong. Hello. <sighs> Good stuff. Uh, Gully Blanchard says AEW has production problems every week, though. Uh, maybe, you know, um, and this could be, uh, a lesson that they need to take and learn is there's been rumors that they don't have production meetings <laughs> like beforehand, like a complete rundown where usually I would have two meetings, you know, one with talent, one with production, and then the production would be in on the talent meeting as well. So we understand shots, where things need to be, ring positioning, if there's any ideas that they have that they have questions on where they should or shouldn't be. We all understand the gameplay. You know, that's just basic practice for NFL Sunday to show up for game day. Now, uh, they do have good editors. Like there was a couple things last night that were edited really well on chair shots and stuff like that where they would do the cut and it, it was right on time. But, uh, and a lot of, uh, big crowd shots too, um, that, that were shot the right way to make things look exciting. So they know what they're doing and they've, they've hired, you know, a wrestling editor needs to know that of when to cut and, and how to protect the guys in the biz. But you, if you've been to a live show, like there's a lot of this fucking cable and, and everything that could just go wrong like that. And really the only, only other, I'd say the only other sport that's doing it like that is probably pro football because baseball is pretty stationary. Hockey is too. Soccer, nobody's out on the field running up and down the, the sidelines. And even in NFL, they've got cameras on cable. In wrestling, cameraman's right there getting the shot, you know, jumping up on the apron, doing this, doing that. It's a, it's a lot. And who knows, uh, you know, like I said, one little domino falls and everything can go. And so should there be fail safes? Yeah. But I think if that rumor is true that they're not doing production meetings, that's a big problem. And there's guys there who could easily lead those, you know, uh, with, with whatever changes or to walk through. And I would want somebody like a Dustin Runnels, uh, uh, a Jake Roberts, uh, a Jerry Lynn, you know, breaking down all the segments to see where I fit in. And then also the agents would understand where their segment fits in the show. Cause a lot of times we have three matches in a row where, all right, we're spilling to the outside. Okay. We sell, then we come back in and go back 50, 50 with Japanese dong style, wrong style, bullshit, elbow strikes and stuff like segment after segment or everybody's doing chops in the corner segment after saying no one match has that one match has that not three in a row and if we had these production meetings that seems to me these guys would be on the same page where we don't have that so i don't know the inside scoop on that one but things like this are are a warning that 
maybe we do need to start buckling down and not being comfortable and restructure our own discipline in production talent and how the flow of the show is going to go. So we don't repeat shit because I bet guys are in gorilla position and they're watching the monitor. And then those guys are doing strikes and they go, Oh fuck. They just did what we're going to do. You want to take it out? No, we're just going to go do it. I'm not changing my shit now. (laughs) Why would you want to go out and do what they just did in the match right before you? The only way I would want to do that. And Rip would put this over is not in the match before you right before you, but in the opener of a show, let's say you have a guy win with a sunset flip or a girl win with a sunset flip. Boom. Now the sunset flip is made and believable because somebody won with it. Now at the end of the show, a false finish should be a sunset flip. Go for it. Pull them, pull them. Nope. Drop, go to punch, hurt your own hand or whatever but they would believe that the sunset flip was lethal because we saw it open in the show and win. So the, that that's about the only repeating of a spot of psychology of where it makes sense. And you wouldn't even do that back to back and back to back segments. That's just not good. And production meetings to cut down on that. Uh, but uh, I'm just trying to see here. Was there any uh, big news? I don't think there was, uh, aside from Edge last night being there. I'm just checking the sheets real quick, uh, but uh, it doesn't look like anybody's. Oh, well, uh, there is, I guess, uh, you know, best wishes for Sammy Guevara. Reportedly suffered a concussion at Wrestle Dream. Uh, so he was pulled from the show last night. Um, I'm not sure what it was on. But uh, that guy takes, you know, <laughs> insane bumps. So I didn't watch Wrestle Dream, but just from seeing how he's gone off of ladders and shit like that, man, uh, I'm sure his head shake, rattle, and rolled. And uh, I don't know how uh, far out his lady is from having their, their baby, too. So maybe some time off and getting your shit back together is, uh, is the way to go here. But. I don't know. I'm sure he's earning, you know, I'm sure Tony will take care of him. Not going to fucking throw a guy out in the street with a new kid. Um, unless you get another fight backstage, then maybe, (laughs) but this show kicks off with Ray Phoenix and I'm sorry, Nick Jackson. I am for real. Um, like I said, my stream is cutting in and out, but they did all kinds of get your shit in stuff in this, uh, you know, but uh, Phoenix showcases that his back isn't a hundred percent, but it doesn't stop him hitting arm drags off the ring apron to the floor. <laughs> so sell the back, but let's do shit that we land like uh, you know in serious pain and could get could get rocked on here. So uh, y'all, uh, uh, Jackson responds by attacking the back, but the ring uh, inside the ring champ tries to run the turnbuckles only to hurt his back again and get hit with a backstabber. So at least we're working heat on the back out of the gate. I'm down on that, but then all that heat goes to waste when guys bow up and Superman up and we got to get our shit in as opposed to just being on the cell. So I would have liked to seen a little more wrestling, wrestling out, wrestle each other before we get to the heat spot so early, uh, because later we're going to bury it to get our shit in more. So if you got to get your shit in and do that stuff, let's out wrestle each other until the heat spot comes and then just work crazy heat on them. But, um, Phoenix places Jackson's leg on the middle rope, nails a kick, hits a frog splash, and uh, then Nick kicks out. 
Oh, this time the challenge is the one kicking out. Then uh, the two men go back and forth with roll-ups, but it's Ray Phoenix who gets the best of the of the roll-up situation here. So they get their shit in, but win with a roll-up, not kind of like kick out on something devastating in a roll-up. It was more, uh, you know, technical wrestling to get it over, so I didn't have a problem. What was weird at the end of this is Phoenix had his – it was almost like he had – if you can see me uh, – you can't see me. Uh, his thumb in his eye, like looked like his eye. Like I'm trying to look in his mask. I guess he's got those uh, screen covers. But the way he had his hand, it looked like he put his thumb in his own eye, and or something was going on. And and his manager uh, Alex Abrahantes and the ref were checking on him, and then they help him up, and then he like collapses, kind of in a way that was selling. You know what I mean? but he just got beat with a roll-up. So what's he really selling for? So I don't know if he got his bell rung, something, his eye popped out or some shit inside his mask uh, or what it was, but that was a strange moment at the end there. And I hope dude's all right. He's a fucking unbelievable performer, probably the best luchador. I mean, people will say in Vikingo, uh, Commanders does crazy shit, and so does Ray Fenix, Phoenix, depending on who you're asking. Um, but yeah, man. No, that that was a little weird at the end for me so i was looking at the sheets this morning to see you know ray phoenix suffers injury or anything but coming off of the controversy with uh kenny omega and the sit-out driver there michinoku pile driver whatever it was um interesting uh of some of the psychology they worked like he got uh Nick Jackson up in that. And I think that it's not an F you to Stevie or anything like that, but they're teasing. And I tell my students this, the threat of violence is just as important as the violence itself. As soon as he slung him up there to give him that driver, Nick Jackson pushes out the back. And because of the controversy of Kenny, that just that movement registered with me and hit, I go, that's good. Uh, like, now, if Kenny's been knocked out or there's shoot controversy, tease that and have guys get out of it. Like, oh, fuck, you're not getting me with that. Like, I'm not going to be the next one to get concussed. So I like that. I like that little tease in there. And I thought, you know, Nick Jackson, man, he's just one of those dudes who's got the it factor when it comes to extra athleticism. I think uh, Matt's plenty athletic, but he kind of connects through the camera a little bit more. Uh, Nick is just that probably like that kid who can, you know, jump on a skateboard and hit a kickflip or Ollie the first time he can, uh, you know, hit the three pointer with his eyes closed and he can step up and, and, uh, hit a baseball, you know, they just, he's got natural ath athletic ability as well. So, uh, I always like watching him work solo because I think he, he, he stands alone and I also like him on the mic as the backup guy. After you let Maddie have it, Nick comes in and kind of adds a little ice on top or else he'll kick it off and pass the mic. Um, I think uh, I could use more of that. And then being EVPs has kind of robbed the audience of getting some of those ribs in on the business that made them famous. That's what they should be doing. They should not be silent about the, I mean, they did funny stuff in the beginning with, uh, so before this match, uh, sorry, I'm back up here. Uh, they opened the show with all the Canadians backstage, uh, Kenny Omega and Jericho and Renee Paquette are interviewing there and edge walks into the scene. We get a little, uh, you know, tragically hip together. And, uh, even, uh, Omega gets over a 
quick pun of you had me on the edge of my seat at wrestle dream, Adam, you know? So I like those little things that are, you know, that's pretty on the nose, but the bucks are great at that kind of stuff. And we should be featuring them that way every week where they're getting little digs in on anything from WWE to, to, to everything really, you know, pop culture wise. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are always going to want to say this. So Matt is Janetti. So for, uh, you know, Jimbo thinks Matt's the better of the two. I, I you know, if you're, it's a tough call because as a talent scout, I look at guys like who's got money on them together. They're great. Maddie connects more through the camera and charisma wise, but Matt can't do what Nick can do physically. I don't think not, not with the natural smoothness and athleticism. He's a great athlete. But Nick's just something happened in the DNA <laughs> and he got that little extra 5% edge, you know, uh, whether it's extra balance or timing or flip ability. Um, but I don't look at him as like a Marty in a, in a Sean type scenario. Cause you can get them to both shine their own way. And Nick wouldn't be left behind, you know, uh, if you're like, Oh, we're pushing Matt cause he's more charismatic. I like I like Nick in a singles match better than I like Matt. So it's 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 interesting. And not that I hate Matt singles matches, not that he has any I watch. It's just like Nick can hold his own, you know. Um Wardlow, he's back uh out of nowhere, but uh so's his partner, Griff Garrison, who gets the marine trailer entrance, is already in the ring. Really haven't seen him since uh Brian Pillman and him uh uh went off with the cheerleader before she turned to Satanism and joined the dark, uh, uh, what are, what are they called? The uh, fucking, uh, I don't even know. House of black. There you go. Um, you know, and, uh, <laughs> that was another thing on the sheets last week. when I was even in DR, I happened to be flipping through on Wednesday night and I saw the, the match with a uh, young lady from house of black in it. Uh, and they actually did a pretty good job, her and Willow Nightingale. And, and then I see this week, she's taken off time for her wedding and stuff. And this is where I'm not saying this young girl can't go enjoy her wedding and get married and whatnot, but (laughs) you're just getting over. You're just getting TV time and you had a good match. That is momentum. Now is not the time you take time off. (laughs) Now is the time you go, I'm getting over on TV and I'm dedicating everything and I'll postpone my wedding. So when you do get over, you can go, I postponed my wedding for this shit uh, (laughs) to work my ass off. But sometimes when you're in the bubble, you just don't see it. You know what I mean? So, and she's goddamn young to be getting married, man. So uh, best of luck to her. I hope it all works out, but, uh, you're in a carny biz, sis, and uh, the numbers are usually stacked against us. So, uh, but Griff Garrison, I think, has money written on him too. Uh, just not the way to like march him out there because then who's his opponent? Wardlow comes out like Goldberg, and you're like, well, I know who's fucking getting killed here. And then Griff Garrison takes five, six power bombs and. They were big ones, but they were pretty safe, all of them. He took good bumps on all of them. None of them really had me cringing, and it made Wardlow look strong, and it's the kind of gear shift we should have. Wardlow shouldn't be having 10-minute matches. But then when Wardlow leaves, he, like, storms out of the arena 
where people are trying to baby face him and he's just pushing through him. So I get if he's doing like an angry character of like, fuck this. I'm anybody's in my path. I, there's nobody. I'm not, I'm not slowing down for anybody. I'm a runaway train, all that shit. But to me, it didn't play like that to me just for an, uh, an instant. Maybe I missed it or maybe the fucking horseshoe genetics Smith is that good is, and it is, uh, is that he looked pissed. Like somebody said, you had six minutes and we're cutting it to two, just do the power bombs at the end and cut his time. And they might've done it for his own good <laughs> or to test them. And he looked pissed off, like for real stomping to the back. Uh, so maybe his acting was that good and I just misread it. But to me, it, it just seemed like something else was going on. Let me know what you guys in the chat think uh, about that. But, I don't know. It just set off my spidey senses. Uh, something that I noticed while we were we were doing that. Uh, Warlow character last night disgruntled at Tony Khan's booking says Jinda Mahal. Um, it, it seemed like that, you know. And is his acting that good <laughs> that it got that over? Maybe, but to me, it seemed real. It seemed like there was frustration afterwards. So. We'll see. Yeah, maybe maybe they're doing this shit to get the best performance out of people. Fuck it. Piss him off before he goes out there and kills Griff Garrison, and then he can storm to the back. Um, he, he wasn't expecting to work. Some people are saying in the chat, I don't know. Uh, I, like I said, just as uh, a guy who's been in this, that set off my uh, I mean senses. Then we get Don Callis and Konosuke Takashida are backstage where Callis reveals Sammy Guevara is medically unfit to perform. However, there's no shortage of young male athletes, oh my, who want to show their wear. Uh, on re recommendation of Will Ospreay, looked to pick Kyle Fletcher to team with Takashita tonight. He points out nobody remembers who wins the battle. They remember who wins the war, and they're going to win this one. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm not really familiar with uh, Kyle Fletcher. I do like the name Fletcher. I put that over. There was an old-timer at my camp, uh, Fletcher Petrie, and that's not a name you hear that much. Uh, so, I don't know. I pop for the name Fletcher. So, I'm a fan of that kid without even knowing, I guess. Uh, and Fletcher Prouty. Um, then we get the acclaimed versus uh, the Butcher and the Blade, Buffalo Zone, and uh, Kip Sabian. Bobby Boxhead's back with new gear. And Kip Sabian uh, getting into it, uh, feeding for some trolls that people had sent me on uh, Twitter and whatnot. Maybe, I guess, if that's how you want to get in the mix but i think he's a better worker than that and any time anybody sells for trolls you're really lowering yourself i saw that uh that this really killed me that Danhausen sold for some troll out of character and it's just like man why i mean i get it we're performers they're fragile egos there's you catch somebody on a bad day they're only human but in this shit you can't you just can't you know, especially when you've dedicated so much time and effort in the character like a Dan Housen has and has a brilliant, you know, why, why give them any piece of you like that, bro? You're, you're way better than that, you know? And, uh, Kip Sabian, they had him standing in the crowd with a goddamn box on his head for a year while he was hurt. And then he showed up to do it, you know, like I respect that <laughs> and it never paid off, but, uh, now's his chance to get back out there on dynamite. And here he is. Uh, but the heels jump the acclaimed immediately when they get in the ring. It's uh, it's daddy ass and uh, the acclaimed together here. Scissor me daddy's still over as fuck. 
Um, however, when the match officially gets underway, it's Butcher who attacks Max Caster while Kip Sabian bounces off the top rope, the outside to attack the acclaimed. He stomps way on Caster in the ring, but he fights back with some shots of his own, only to be in Sabian's corner. Yeah, what are we missing? Where was the rap? Uh, did I miss the rap, or was this cut because of time and, and shit? Like, the rap is the best, one of the best parts of the act here, and there's so much going on with Trump being in court and every other goddamn immigration, uh, whatever you want to do, bro. Like, <laughs> get over. The rap is over, you know? that That is rugged. People saying, where is Dan Housen? Oh, he, he did the rap? Okay, I, and then heat's on me. Heat's on me. He said he did the rap. It was just weak. I, uh, it was super weak verse, they're saying. Oh, okay. Okay, I guess uh, – I guess get the ghostwriter, man. I'm, I'm happy to, to put some shit together for you weekly if it's too much, you know. Um, four bars, four bars. Uh, okay, so so heat's on me. I was probably, uh, I probably came back late from the intro and I was probably playing Wu-Tang uh, in between or singing with some Canadian folk rock like I've been known to do. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Blade comes in with a kick to the back of Caster. Butcher puts a beating on him on the barricade. Sabian works the arm on the hand of Caster with a cannonball in the corner. Backbreaker from Butcher before knocking Billy Gunn off the apron. Some people are like, he missed him. He's like, he's not, not even touching Billy Gunn. Yeah. Yeah, bro. <laughs> when you get a chance to work with a legend like that, the last thing you want to be is exposed as bad, but at the same time, you don't want to fucking take no liberties and work snug with a legend. And Billy Gunn, I'm sure he would touch you back if you stiffed him, and he probably got hands of steel. Um, but you don't want to be the guy that hurts the legend. That's a terrible thing to do. And then there's also times you got to be the guy who protects the legend from themselves. Like some of the shit that Sting is doing is absolutely uncalled for going through tables and shit, man. So, uh, Acclaim hits double team, launches saving the air before putting him back down as they retain the titles. So, Again, another match where you kind of know who's going over here. The Acclaimed and Billy Gunn, uh, the scissor me daddy ass, are here. And uh, somebody that's ready to scissor at any time of the day uh, is my man, uh, my main man, uh, Timmy Baltimore, back in the house. Crip gang, what's good, homie? Yeah, yeah. Here, <laughs> the, de the dead hand scissor, you know? There's got to be yeah. a few of those in the crowd, right? Where are my dead hands at? Where are my dead hands at, y'all? Like scary movie, too? No, just <laughs> Uh, I heard you talking about Billy Gunn, and it reminded me of a funny story. First of all, spot on. If you are a young uh, wrestler, um, Billy Gunn is somebody you want to like you and to enjoy working with you and to be an advocate of yours. The last thing you want to do is have something dumb happen to Billy Gunn. And Billy yeah. Gunn's, the last thing he wants is for something dumb to happen to him. I've seen... Uh, there, I've seen a local, I'm not going to drop any names, but a local guy really no fault of his own had a match with Billy Gunn and there was some mishap and Billy got hurt. Yeah. No, like that's it's, it. it's permanent heat for no yeah. fault of his own. Right. Cause guys, it's just, that's how it's, it is. If you're lower on the totem pole and you hurt me, even if you're holder, a uh, higher rather, uh, yep. Oh, big ups to the the Hummy Media Group. Love yeah, you guys. Man, everybody, and, and, and I got one more Billy Gunn story. Go for it. 
Reading, Pennsylvania. I had this booking in 2003. Come on in and announce. Well, keep in mind, uh, back then I was I I was doing, you know, managing. That's what I thought of my lot in this yeah. journey was. Uh, but you know, of course, because you know, um, I wasn't a a wrestler. I would announce or do whatever, right? Um, so I got uh, one, it may have been my first announcing paid gig, and it was at a minute um, a baseball stadium a uh, minor league baseball stadium and i am sitting there and i'm announcing and it's over the pa this is the worst this is the worst thing you're literally it's not because wrestling is not baseball so you can't say rounding first you know up to the plate you know what i mean uh chris davis no it's you know so billy gunn was in there with raven and i start and billy gunn does, you know, during his fucking does an arm drag has Raven in the arm bar, and I go, oh, since you're in the arm bar on uh, on Raven, he goes, tell me you're not gonna be doing that the entire fucking match. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I got paid to sit there and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, here is your winner. <laughs> I said, okay, I think the uh, the promoter is confused. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say he wanted ring announcing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, man, that if you want to talk about the a year or two years into the industry and um, six foot at the time, it looked like six foot 14 of Billy Gunn yeah. yelling at me. Yeah. Did I do that the whole time? You, you were all you were all pumped off of the and one basketball series. Like you're going to get out there and call it while you're running. <laughs> the professor, the professor coming. <laughs> I was going to revolutionize it. And yeah. uh yeah, nope, <laughs> dead in my tracks there. So, you know, like I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to, um I'm going to need a new role here and a, a new pair of pants. Uh, yeah well we got it with the new the new role is crib gang baltimore out here we got it you guys uh throwing up them c's for the blue side uh <laughs> but yeah i'm glad you're here buddy thanks for doing the the running i got about halfway through and i'm about to lose my mind so i'm glad you're here to hopefully talk me off the ledge uh you know on the four-year anniversary uh this show was uh plagued with one of those what could possibly go wrong now? And I know you've been there plenty of times and watching wrestlers on uh, <clears throat> Netflix now when the monitors go out uh, or anything like that, you know, when, when you're in production and we're calling it blind and, and L's in the back and powers in the back and you're the only voice in between. Right. And you can hear, but you don't know, like this seemed to be one of those shows, you know, of, something small sets in motion like god damn it god damn it damn it like like well we got through this one and nobody died because we had spanish announcing this is what on one of the stolen streams uh to start the show off then switch to english then there was audio issues going into the adam cole uh roddy strong uh pre-tape then coming back from commercial, they replayed it again, and it was not a strong piece that you want to replay again. Yeah, it wasn't and, DDP versus Goldberg from Halloween no, Havoc when the feed went no, out. <laughs> no, th- this is like little kid middle school stuff. So that means that they tried to put the heat on TBS 
that earlier in the day said the show started at four when it's their fourth anniversary. And Tony had to tweet about that, about it being scheduled wrong to put mm-hmm. heat on them. So in that commercial break, somebody called, was told, call TBS, put the heat on them that we want five minutes overrun now so we can get to our big moment with Edge and Christian because we got to play Adam Cole's pre-tape, don't you know, again. Like, just one of those, like, what, what could possibly go wrong now, dude? It uh, immediately, when the audio was bad, I was, my first thing was, and this isn't, <clears throat> this isn't a uh, <laughs> a strike on, yeah, I'm not, who would I, I would be like Vincent of the BWO. What would he That's be? all good. Tim, Tim, instead of Vinny, it'd just be Tim, you know, and I just, I just so, you know what I'm saying? Have the shades really do nothing. <laughs> Just why not do nothing except my my gimmick would be to just set up a table as far away from people as possible <laughs> you could be the blue nicey instead of the blue meanie this is this is true <laughs> you know um so uh the man the uh the fact that and this isn't a slight on adam cole or or roderick strong or uh you know taven and bennett were all strong performers but like I was like, oh good, like <laughs> we didn't hear it. Like it brought because it looked so bad. Well, here's the thing on the stream I was stealing, I heard the whole thing fine. I yeah. So, so very weird. Yeah. That's not, it's not unex- like this shit happens and it's unacceptable. But here was my confusion, right? So they yeah. play it again, and I go, Oh man, who got cut? This is gonna be wonky. And I watched it on DVR, so I was kind of like pressing fast forward five minutes to see what's next, going back if it's you know, catch the kind of speed read a little bit with right. watching AEW. And um, <clears throat> uh, I saw the acclaimed and I was like, oh man, I bet they rushed through their match, but they didn't. And then you have mm-hmm. a, we'll get into it. I'm assuming if we haven't, the six and a half minute beat down of Kenny Omega. Yeah. Where was the time? Okay. So Edge and Christian had to eat the shit. The guys that are pulling the rating, right? the guy that's the new era. And hey, man, that's how damn good they are. They said, give and, us and that was the other thing. That, man, I'm glad you pointed that because I don't think we got to yet. But when they're trying to tie up Kenny Omega with the tape and it's it's botching too, like another. Sometimes you'll just have these shows, you guys, where every time you turn around, you're just getting kicked in the nuts by the what ifs because it really should happen more often than it doesn't. And usually you'll get away with five or six shows, and then you're going to have one that's just a straight chop in the throat every time, bro. And, and it goes that way. It is. It's that Murphy's Law thing. And 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 unfortunately, yeah. live TV, it'll happen. But what's here? Here's here's where being trained and a good worker and seasoned, this is where it comes in. Like you talk about any anybody that thinks they can do a job, like, oh, I could be a cop. Or I could do this, or I could be a wrestler. Shit is shit. Maybe you could think you could when things are going well, but when things go tits up, quoting Tony Storm, and things go tits up, that's where the training comes in. That's yeah. where you go. Okay, this is not supposed to happen. This is not what we thought of. I need to pivot and think on my feet immediately and come up with something as good, if not better, or you know what I mean, passable. Uh, yeah. And that, and when they do, when you save a bad segment, sometimes you make it better, and that's 
because well, you're in you're in the moment and you're in the right. moment at that point there's no you know something's gone wrong you got to call an audible and you shoot for the end zone and sometimes you score and other times you get sacked and eat shit and then it'll haunt your dreams for the next four weeks <laughs> pretty much right uh ginger right. mahal in the chat says has the adam cole comedy skits finally jumped the shark yeah dude this grown men playing like having play date stuff and we we did a little race around my cool kids condo while the other dudes sit there with a giraffe like i don't know what millennials pokemon magic playing fucking goofs relate to this but this shit to me is embarrassing and how real men act bro if they were there actually even just playing I don't know the AEW video game <laughs> to to try and get that over. Oh my anything. god! <laughs> yeah, right, right. But no, we waited for you to get here so I could show you the scooter that we can do a slow mo around my kitchen and and do something that's funny, tongue in cheek. This feels like middle school audio video production when the kids get a camera for the very first time, bro. Like none of this is quality work whatsoever and it's an embarrassment to being a man in 2023 and wrestling and then to play it twice brutal bob bro not good pretty brutal uh you know when i was watching it i'm sitting there and i'm thinking wow this is this is stupid and this is bad and they really went all the way with it so i thought to myself i go well you know is this what ben hameen would say playing to committing to the bit and playing to the height of mm. what's booked because that's what's booked for them. And, 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 you know, I, I think you see other guys that don't do that shit, right? They, they edge wouldn't be caught doing that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think the bit is the one to commit to bro. Like I, they they're okay. committing. I'm but just interested in, in what no, you no, that's, that that's interesting. That like what you say to throw it back over here, what I would say, cause absolutely. I, I don't they're they're committing to it, but the bit is not gonna get anybody over. What what game have they found? Like the friendship we're in middle school or elementary school kids game is what the game is, right? Like we've got stuffed animals, but everyone's a grown man trying to look like they'd kill it at the club on a pussy hunt. Like these <laughs> two worlds don't fucking gel of what it's supposed to be. Who is this for? Who can relate to this? That's just because it's it's the wrong emotion. It's the wrong. That's what I was hoping you would say. It's the wrong bit. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Adam Cole is supposed to be one of our top baby faces, one of our top. And this is a guy who has an uphill battle immediately upon sight. People go. Pfft. So he is already fighting against the tide. And damn it. He's done. He did a pretty good job. Damn it. Like for a guy that size. There wasn't a bet in Vegas that would have said he would have made it where he did. And he yeah. did. And now I would hope, I would think you would want to protect. Like he left WWE to not be a like a, a manager, which you know could be equated. He didn't want to do like he didn't want to be the butt of the joke because the manager is the comedy. Your top baby right. face and top heel can't be your top heel can't be silly. He can have angle in his face, but he has to get revenge. Like you can't make it silly and you can't make your top baby face like a child because people live vicariously through the baby face and they won't sit there and go well i would do that so they don't relate so immediately they disconnect so now you I've have the seen, disconnect of adam the, full size and the and the person yep. and the gimmick he's doing yeah he should be a tom cruise-esque figure and if you're talking about 
friendship storylines then go right to it with fucking goose and maverick like what makes them special right it's not them acting like infants and fucking 12 year olds it's acting like cool guys at the bar who are super confident who try and rib each other and pull chicks it's not the it's not fucking let's play with my giraffe and i'm feigning an injury right like those guys are tough fucking guys yeah they're Um, going through hell uh fighting right they're going through the same experience and one is lost so the bond it's all about the bond it's more about uh Tom Cruise than it is Goose because Goose is just an instrument for Tom. Right, Cruise. but you got to have the backup, and there's a point right. where Goose gets pissed off at Tom Cruise, right? Right, and we the, see that. Yeah, yeah, show the character flaw and show. What I'm character. seeing right now is every shitty improv team in Chicago. When you're young and you're looking to get back to play, everybody does the sandbox scene where they imitate a little kid. Like you can't have my toy, da 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 da, and you see grown men like me with beards trying to. I mean, we're improving in the moment. And somebody sets it up that we're on the playground. So we all got to be, you're not cool. That They're doing that on camera as the men themselves. They're not playing little kids. That's yeah. a problem. This ain't Muppet Babies, bro. And, and that's it's not what it Hollywood. feels like. No. It's not Hollywood, right? Because people don't go down the street and go, hey, there's Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. Well, they, they, think they, can, they think they can put in a fucking, uh, just because they do a production trick of, something from anchorman or something from step brothers where they slow it down and now it's in a slow motion that they think that that little production thing now makes it a tongue-in-cheek christopher guest piece that's that's fucking bullshit like i said that's middle schoolers first time av club to me uh okay yeah no i mean i don't know was mjf filming it that's my question um (laughs) yeah right so uh, boy hey so well, i gotta uh, i gotta I, go off and go on more because there's something here that yeah I love. yeah yeah no i just want to say I, it, I, go ahead real quick just uh you know there is should i you know most people i feel like in today's day and age as a disabled person there's a lot of people that raise get get a rise out of that being offensive like that's the world we live in go for right. it like so i was thinking that too and i was like man i hope i, I wouldn't be surprised if people came out and said something like that which is ridiculous right anyway just a wild sidebar wouldn't be bad like fucking uh if you were gonna play that out they should have a fucking race that continued all the way to the special olympics and they and they get beat by everybody (laughs) (laughs) um but i i absolutely and i talked about this before you came on thinking about (laughs) the parking lot promo four years ago of wins and losses matter. And this is going to be different than WWE and it's going to be uh storytelling, you know, it's going to be a uh, uh, competition based, not storytelling. And none of that got over at all. And here we are with Tony storm doing the silver screen starlet. And it is the best work that's probably been on anything. AEW wise, her acting was phenomenal in this, but I just about fucking lost my mind and slammed my computer to the ground that this was not in black and white, bro. That we have the opening, the, the graphic is, is absolutely what it should be, silver screen, and then we cut to the part three of this, and the other ones were the same, that it's a very Kubrick, The Shining, uh, 1970s, 80s film look to it, 
with her in color when this whole thing should have been silver screen combined with some Sin City uh, editing where it's just her red lipstick and maybe a garter belt that it is. And RJ City is perfect for this, for a silver screen style that he could give you the Humphrey Bogart or he could give you the James Cagney or we could even have... Edward G. Robinson, whoever. Yes that we have people entering into our world where Renee Paquette would be great in that, where Moxley as a James Dean would be fucking phenomenal or uh, a um, streetcar named desire uh, style bit, you know, uh, and they have it right in the graphics. And then they, this is just me, man, <laughs> how I can get fired up about my artwork of being a Sopranos wire, you know, whatever the, you know, Scorsese Mark, this never would have made it by my fucking desk and hands to make it to TV, to be in color. And the fact that it was in color and how brilliant the performances were and that it wasn't even lit. Chioscuro wise for black and white production, that it wasn't, taking directly from the silver screen era where the opening shows that and then we skip jump to a 1970s drama like that guts me bro and they're going this is the third part and she's doing the smeared makeup uh judy garland uh you know broken woman. riddled Marla, Marla Monroe. Dude, that's a year that's a year that's away real. That that it like the the Laurel Van Mess broken fucking bride thing is so far off. Let's and start here's with her the on top, right? Like feeling dude, good about it. Here's what it is, and I'm giving it away, and I probably should DM her, but we're almost too late, and I just want to get my weed dispensary open anyway. Fucking, you tape the whole thing. We, me and you, and three others sit down, and we write a 30 minute mini movie. Of everything, but here's what it has to I'm be. I'm obsessed with James Cagney. That's my background, bro. Yeah, I, I know. I know I you're a Cagney guy. And 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 even when people come into her world, Tony Schiavone goes from uh, it's Sting to it's Sting coming around the corner. Hey, and uh, you know, like right. when as soon as you go into that, you get zapped back to 1945 to 1952. Everybody gets a Southpaw wrestling alternative character that is them, but is completely different now in that you do a 30 minute mini movie and but each segment has to be chopped up into one minute or two minute scenes that stand alone by themselves so that's the writing challenge right you don't really even realize that it's a movie but each one of these scenes uh will step up to have a match in between or something the that sends her on it and then we have an entire episode of AEW Dynamite that's a red carpet experience, and it's the Tony Storm movie, and it's all those pieces that conglomerate in a 30-minute movie where it all makes sense when you put it all together in the fucking, in the order, or even in a nonlinear way. But each scene also needs to stand up in the storyline to itself. It's a hell of a writing challenge, but if you want to do, we make movies, pal, that's how the fuck you get her over because it's all right there. And to put that out and not in black and white, dude, I won't, 
I have nothing to do with this and I won't sleep because of that, how they missed that fucking production level. It just like <laughs> how pissed I was at the follow-up of fucking the wire, which is your show. And then they did the fucking part two and you got guys from the wire playing characters in this fucking second one. I wanted to break the fucking fingers. I wanted to smash hands, bro. Like the fact that you would make Omar the fucking, or, uh, you know, Yeah. It, 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 it was as brutal as it can be decisions like that make me want to puke bro and i i can't allow them and here this girl is dude her acting in that scene was phenomenal and for it to not be in black and white absolutely killed me yeah i would say man that's a hell of an idea and that's really outside the box and that's what is uh is part of what makes you 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 know you're able to think of that kind of stuff and that long run right that's that's that you're talking about weeks and weeks and weeks of television yeah uh, but you got to shoot it all you can't just be once. like we're, we're going back to the black and white because so then you'll hot like, shot right well no not that it's like every week do you want to fucking go back and have to reshoot something sure like let's do the whole thing and break it up but that's the writing challenge of having a team to like does this scene stand alone and where do we put it in the scope of things? Can we foreshadow? But then when you put it together later, it, it has a usual suspects feel to it. You know what I mean? Is how I was thinking about it. Okay, you, okay. You know, Jim that asked me if I hate season two of The Wire. No, not season two of The Wire. The the um, We Own the City. Whatever the fucking second. We Own the City. H-O-E Say it again. We Own the City. Yeah, We Own the City. They took the top heels from the wire and recast them as as detectives in the fucking We Own the City, which is kind of like a spinoff in the future of it. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. You can't cast iconic characters. That'd be like doing a spinoff if he was still alive of the Sopranos and making Tony Soprano an FBI agent, but you don't even acknowledge that he's also Tony Soprano. He was Tony Soprano. Fucking brutal by the the casting agents and the casting agents who cast that this is how stalkery i get with it they cast the wire and they cast oz so if you can cast both those shows how the fuck do you get your head stuck up your ass so far to think that that was the right move to make in putting in an iconic character in a completely you just killed your whole fucking series with that shit bro A lot of these actors have the same agents who work with the same producers, work with the same directors. So it's like that David Simon who wrote The Corner, helped, you know, created The Wire. I, I would say and, no. And, uh, dude, yeah. how can you, how can you ruin that you, how can you not know that's ruining your iconic performance from The Wire by taking that fucking spot as the detective? Or what was the, the fat fucking uh, sergeant that now becomes the chief of police? What the fuck's his character? Lam- Lambs, Lambsman. Like, at least they could have had him time jash, and now he's the top dog, right? Instead, right. he's a different fucking cop altogether in a different spot. I just want to smash knuckles when I see that shit. And I wanted, I had that same feeling when you do, here she is on the silver screen. Just kidding. It's the shining instead. Oh, okay. Okay. Yo, Jimbo. Uh, yeah, no, the season two is great. The Sabadkas is, uh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'll take you down to the Baltimore ports where they filmed that sometime, yo, Jimbo, if no. you come. But you may not leave. <laughs> um, right. And you may end up without your hands in your head. That's how they do that. No, I'm just kidding. 
Uh, <clears throat> so um, a compromise, maybe. I didn't go that far. I watched this and I go with Tony Storm, that is. I was happy because there was this buildup as to what she's changing, right? She's doing these interviews, which with Tony Schiavone, which got over because of the tits up and the way she was acting. So they, they, they did bigger, right? That's kind of how things work. Sometimes it's like, we'll give it a try. If it's good, we'll make it bigger instead of let's just make it big and try right out from the get go. So they started to make it bigger, right? Well, RJ yeah. city fits in this. Let's do that. RJ city is good. for. I thought he was a little, is a little i don't know what he should have had the fucking hat on it says scoop in the fucking thing and he's there exactly. to try it. he should he was he was too in now to be there yeah um, it's way too now and, it killed me it fucking killed me dude but at, but she gave a reason like there's a reason oh my god and now she's time like she talked about it. they walked through it why is the name no because timmy she she does the entrance and you know this, that, and I'm not like, oh, I'm yeah. a fucking genius. When Al Barone comes out to the Godfather theme, what did we do? Uh, black and white, the motherfucker. And, white, right. so and they do saying, the same thing on her entrance, and then we do the Wizard of Oz snap to color. Okay. It's people, and, and they did it with gold dust as well, the, the film entrance, and they cut it. So maybe, I don't know, like is, I was sitting there thinking, what if it was something where, you know, because she was really like, she was smart getting her spots in on a, on, like on the this and blocking a kick and and doing some character thing would it be would it work when she's in control or in her heat going to the cameraman or going going and it turns to the thing and she's in control so she's doing it. so it's not fucking weird uh it is weird but it works. I think it, it should sense. be on this it should be on there's two points that we have in a match no matter what right black and white black and white entrance in there da da da, da. ding 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 the fucking bell rings and we get the wizard of Oz switched to color and we're in Oz soon as the one, two, three, look at the camera. And that's my time to do my thing. Black and white on three, bro. Yeah. See my other, my biggest problem too, with this, the match was so long. Like I get it. You don't want to job out sky blue because the guy, people like her. She's got cakes. She's, she's hot. She can go. She's sky blue is really very good. And she's been good for a while. She's just very, um, uh, if you meet her in person, she's kind of like, um, I don't, like just quiet. So she doesn't like bombard you with, Hey, sure. you know? So I think, uh, maybe sometimes she probably isn't her best own advocate. That would be my guess just based on personality, but she's very talented. So I get not wanting to have her, but that was a match. Tony storm should have won quickly, decisively, not competitively because it was the introduction of a new character. You want to know how far I would even go with it? Like, like here's what we're talking about playing out the game. Okay. Commit to the bit. Not only, and I would fucking, this is where I would get a lot of people behind it uh, uh, to make money off it. The artist returns. I'm trying to bring it up here. He says she even, they even told, she even told them to cut the commercial. Right. Brilliant. I, know, I agree. I I yeah. Every fucking commercial should be, do you brush your teeth with Aquafresh? Well, now you do. Like, everything should be ripped back to 1945 and her fucking, even bring back brands that don't even exist anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? For a 30 second. And she's in there doing a fucking commercial for uh, Palm Olive or something like right. that. You know what I mean? Is the wife feeling down after having the baby? Exactly. Try barbiturates and gin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it is. 
Diazepam. Is it your ladies? Are you having your menzies? Well, Tampax tampons will pick up the flow. <laughs> Whatever the fuck, bro. I don't care. And people will look forward to the commercial spots. There, I get where you're going. The new Harley Davidson motorcycle twin handle. John Moxley drives it. You fucking wing, right? Like whatever the fuck, bro. Like right. that, people would be pumped for that shit to tune in just for that alone. So you sell AEW shit on the that kind of thing? Absolutely, you do. Because it's an opportunity. Because you can't, like, you can't. It's not realistic to say, okay, all our our, our advertisers. Uh, are going to take a different, completely different style commercial during these certain segments. I think that's unrealistic to ask, but a I don't, I think it's fucking, I think that's smart, bro. I think that's, I think it's smart too. I just think I I would, I would mix in, I mix, I'd mix in. uh, I think you, there's enough wrestling marks in production and all of those fucking things to be like, Hey, we got this bomb, this blonde bombshell with boom and cakes. And we want to do something special with your product. That was, you know, that can throw back to, to that era. I think you could get one or two and then mix in one or two of AEW, a pay-per-view one and something from AEW shop. You, I mean, yeah, if, look, we know exactly how many people watch. We know like AEW, if it has done anything, if Tony Khan has done anything, he has shown black and white, plain as day, the amount of super wrestling marks, the smarts, the, the people that will spend their expendable cash on wrestling and it's under a million it's in the nine hundred thousand mark right uh you know a million if we're being liberal probably 750 if we're being you know critical or or conservative about it so knowing that plug that into what what advertisers would say that's enough money i'm I'm gonna give i'm gonna give them even a little more because i would say yeah it's a million on tv really with everybody who's stealing it it's probably a million five to two million you know what I mean? But people yeah. are still going to be seeing your commercial. What? So whether you get it, the value, what you think coming from the TV side of it, we know that uh, we have a lot of homes using internet and they're taking it from these sites. So your commercial still getting seen. You yeah. just might not get in the TV numbers. I love it, man. It's uh, This is what it's all about here. on, on and, and Liz has got it too. Yeah. yeah. The, right, it, the box. It's all about the the makeup. Like she she gets her own own line of silver screen star makeup, and you get the the fire engine red lipstick over all that kind of shit. Absolutely, that. You you know what I was thinking when I was watching this real quick, man. I was thinking, damn it, I wish WWE had done this with her. Oh, absolutely. I, and uh, I wouldn't doubt that she had it in the can. Oh, she's got it in the can, pal. Uh, but uh, that Juice Robinson. Uh, who I think is another brilliant creative and a guy who just has the it factor um, is probably helped craft this to some degree. I think he's got a pretty brilliant creative mind too, but that you can craft it all you want. It takes somebody to deliver it. And even though it was in color, kind of looked like Kubrick or the shining to me, her acting in there, bro, I've seen a lot of shitty acting. I've done a lot of shitty acting. <laughs> I've seen a lot of bad. And when I when I see somebody who can carry it off and I'm like, wow, I was impressed. I didn't have a lot of notes except for we've jumped the shark way too early on the crazy barbiturate fucking falling starlet. She has so much more to go. We need to have the whole rise of two or three different movies. Ones where she plays 
a mommy dearest character one where she plays the bombshell jazz singer 88 keys dick tracy madonna thing you one do one for, she, you do one for the studios and you do one for the set for yourself baby yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to dude how good would tony be as a studio exec to pull that out of him where he's fucking groucho marks and does the fucking eyebrows and shit like that bro right. he's already got the look i mean bro and what i love about it and and this really goes to matt hardy matt hardy showed us and i've said this before but he showed that the work can handle anything in whatever reality you want to put glasses on and show those characters through as long as you play true to the bit then you the work can handle anything and this is that same thing it just happens that her lens is the 1940s to 50s film star and that everybody who comes into that universe gets to be a piece of that universe and they instantly talk and act differently. Uh, and a, why, why I'm so wound up about it is because this is one of the best things I've fucking seen in years. And without the black and white and for it to even make TV like that, you're only getting 30, 40% value because you're not even lighting the scenes in the right lighting chiaroscuro to get the most out of if it was in black and white, dude. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to be working on this. <laughs> there, there, and, and, and there's a big, a little bit of, not a big, a little bit of a stink that uh, Devin Storm Crowbar was doing a timeless gimmick, but it's like, bro, I mean, he's a vet. He gets it, I guess. Sure. Like, I don't know. Like, um, it could be parallel thinking, but whoever makes it to TV first wins, unfortunately. Dude, it, why How many times have we seen yes this? to it? If he's doing it and not, and when I think of Crowbar, he's got a, a horror feel to it, right? So right. let that be one of the movies where he's Nosferatu and she's the fucking vampirus that he's there, you know. for stealing. The yeah, <laughs> dude, why not? If he's doing it already and he gets it and the guy's got value and he's, you know, should be held up on high as a veteran in this shit, still working his ass off, put him in. Like, if you're going to cast whatever Fletcher to take somebody else's spot because they're hurt, Sammy Guevara's out of nowhere, we can get Crowbar in there, no doubt um and then we do the whole thing with kenny omega like he's or no excuse me with bullet club gold uh comes down and this didn't work for me either because um they come down to cut the promo to call out mjf mjf comes down to the ring and dives in and three men powder out of the ring to go oh no so jay white can slide in and get him from behind and then talk shit like he's a tough guy nope this is where these dudes are awesome in the ring, but they really don't have a mind for psychology of how things need to go down. MJF can come down to the ring and dive in, but MJF knows that he's taking a beating and he doesn't give a shit because he's at least going to get a little piece of them, right? Then, even if Jay White's not there, those guys beat him down, hold him, and then you hit Jay White's music who comes out solo to talk shit into mjf's face before giving him one and done with the belt and laying him out instead they had three grown men powder like pussies so another guy who claims he's a tough guy can buffalo him from behind only to leave him laying and they beat him down to go to the top of the ramp then talk the shit on the promo a promo is never going to get over more than the violence does so you do the promo while you got him locked up there pretty much what they did to fucking omega in a way so we're doing the same spot twice unfortunately 
And then the big finish is the belt shot and leave them laying. You don't leave with the guy's fucking belt. That's stupid too. You're giving away the beauty shot. So as good as these dudes are in the ring or as much as they think they're over because they're on the bullet club fucking version 7.1 or whatever the fuck it is, the, the entire layout of this segment did nothing to either get MJF over as like a dude who's going to go run into the gunfire if need be. It made Bullet Club look like a bunch of pussies. And Jay White's not that tough of a guy either because he had to jump somebody from behind. It was all wrong in every step of the psychology of it all. I always tell or ask anyone um, who's asking me about a match or what, where's your heat? Where's the heat? Where is the heat? Okay. Um, Because that's what makes this world go round, plain and simple. Without heat, we got nothing. We just have grown men dancing. Uh, The heat. There is that they outnumber MJF. So that's a pussy move. He's the brave one coming in. Right. He, he gets one on. He gets one on. He gets one on. And then, boom, the knee. Clip the knee. Something. So he, he's fighting his ass off. But he, if the numbers game gets him. But they then, didn't. They just powdered. They just got the fuck out. Right. So Jay White, what's more heat for Jay White? Because he's a heel. Where's the heat more for him? Is it more in... Uh, at baiting um, MJF in and then having the heels bait him in and hit his gimmick because I think that makes Jay White look kind of like a badass and also makes MJF look really dumb. Second of all, because how wouldn't he know? Oh, right. he, he wasn't here tonight. Bullshit. MJF's supposed to be the dirtiest player in the game these days. He knows all the tricks. What yeah. the hell? He should be the, st- the, the straw that stirs the pot. He's not. So what makes Jay White, what, what gives him more heat? What he did or that beatdown, then the slow come out, then acting like he's a big fucking tough guy. And he hits his move while he's helpless. The, uh, or MJF stops at the MJF ramp and goes, I'm not falling for this dumb shit. And, and like, hey, Jay White? Yeah, no? Well, I even have Jay White out there because if they think, oh, we're going to wolf pack this guy, MJF, even though this was a failed thing, he can pay guys off for one night. I would get Satnam Singh, Big Bill, and fucking, uh, yeah. you know, like guys who are way bigger than than Bullet Club Gold. So then they can actually go, oh, fuck, we got to get out of here before these guys rip us limb to limb. It was, dude, this was as terribly constructed as possible to get nobody over in the way they needed to, especially if Jay White's supposed to be a leader. A leader wouldn't do that from behind. He like let the other guys wolf pack him and then give him his own spotlight to walk down and be cocky and get in his face after he's already beat and give him the riot act, hit him with one stage picture, drop the belt on him, guns up, too sweet me, Briz, and we're the fuck out of here. Well, yeah, and and then because they wanted to make the match for full gear, that was the business, right? Um, you wanted it full gear, you got it, MJF downed and out. You know what I mean? Just yeah, you could have done yeah. that. But you know, again, where's the heat? I don't think there's a clear concept a lot of times, and it takes years, man. It took me a long time, like, to understand exactly what is being talked about when we say uh, uh, the heat and and getting someone over and and the the actual emotional uh, the emotional template, so to speak, yeah. that exists to get the uh, optimal reaction from uh, an audience. 
Mm-hmm. It's just not there. There's just no concept of it. It's just kind of doing shit. They're what they used to call hot shotting, right? Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, it's hot shotted, but it's not even done. Nobody's getting over with it. It just made right. a match. It didn't. It didn't advance anybody or put heat on anybody or or, or make him. <laughs> an empathetic baby face who just got beat the fuck down like they 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 powdered to let him get that to f- come back in it's just like oh, well, God it, it's it's all it's always been, it's like watching four or five different shows yeah yeah you know it's always been that way right? wwe even when they're even when they're slow and boring at least it's the same at least they're consistently yeah. slow and boring yeah 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 consistent uh kyle fletcher kanosuke takashita versus jericho and omega we talked about this one. Um, I got a big problem. The, yeah, the, the business is really at the end with the beatdown that goes on too long. Um, but they mixed in Fletcher here, and he does a pretty good job. I'm sure, uh, you know, a little nervous on the fly working with top guys, <laughs> kind of getting slotted in in the Guevara spot. Um, but uh, he does take the finish, uh, the one-winged angel after Jericho hits a cold breaker and then one-winged angel for the for the win. So uh, the Canadian connection, uh, Chris and Kenny are up here. After the match, powerhouse Hobbs comes down and nails both men with a clothesline. He kicks the shit out of everybody, launches Omega over a barricade into some chairs. They head back to the ring. Omega is then taped to the top rope as Hobbs tries to use the chair. Jericho stops him uh, to take the bullet for him, but he's attacked. And then Hobbs keeps attacking him with Don Callis, nailing a big uh, chair shot to the head with no hands up or anything like that. Uh, And they put over that it's from a bygone era of wrestling that we don't like unprotected head shots and chairs and shit. So Um, it just went on too long. So look, dude, six and a half minutes, six and a half minutes for a post-match beatdown. And we just had we just had it in the segment before. That's a problem. Powerhouse out spine busters him, throws him to the outside. This is the third time, maybe fourth. People have been to the outside tonight. Uh, yeah, it, it gets the guardrail, puts it around his head, brings him back in. Yeah, that spine was that was like up. a weird botch spot. Like, why are we doing all this guardrail shit on the outside? No one can even see that. It's at the lowest point of the arena. It's not up on the fucking Titan Tron. You know why? Only about forty people can see it because something with the time got fucked up yeah. and and he had too long on that back end i guarantee you because he was running out of shit to do i listen there's no way they called a chair shot today that was on the fly i can guarantee it they go well what do we fucking do we have five minutes i gotta beat him for five minutes but we I went over but we went over for five minutes because they called the audible on the adam cole thing that was only two minutes and they exactly. wanted five minutes overrun so now they gave themselves an extra four it's so weird. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Doesn't yeah. make a lick of sense. I was thinking things are going to be tight. Things are going to be short. Things are people are going to be rushing. No, they were like six and a half guys. Six and a half minutes on a a beatdown is supposed to. Man, you're supposed to be left like oh, like this was just like okay. the Incredible Hulk doesn't take and, his time. He fucks up the entire bar in thirty seconds. Like right, right, and. And the and the kicks with and the chair shot from the manager, nothing escalated. It was just wild. It wasn't like the punishment started here and no. escalated here. It was just oh, we're just doing stuff to kill time. And at the end of the day, I can't invest. I'm sorry, I can't invest in this because I saw Kenny Omega in Japan taking that fucking that video. Yeah. My language taking that video. Yeah. 
He killed it. Yeah. It killed that, it. Like, like, it's almost like move that's, on. Man. That's brutal, bro, right? They're supposed to be the most over guys in Japan, but they're breaking kayfabe, hanging out. It's like Asians aren't going to catch you on social media with a camera, bro. You're going to get caught doing that shit. It just shows <laughs> as an EVP that you're not going to care enough about your own business that way of getting caught doing that. You know, that it just is unprofessional $100 million. shit, bro. Yeah. $100 million. You can't send anybody. You can't send Jeff Jones. You can't send anybody in production. You can't send somebody over there. Again, Abushi's students. Nothing. No, it's going to be. That's brutal, bro. It, it is. Completely. Uh, then we got the Tony Storm Sky Blue match. We put that over. I liked it. A lot of good facial stuff. Uh, what I was saying is the rib of it all. Of It's all going to be competition-based four years ago at this time. And now the most over thing and really the most watchable thing on the show, not just because of sex appeal, is this reinvention of a complete character piece that is a Silver Star movie with vignettes and has nothing to do with wins and losses. And in fact, her losing uh, on a losing streak is what should drive her to the Judy Garland barbiturate fucking breakdown, not to where they've already got it. We need to course correct and, and really make her an untouchable star going forward. Rolls Royces, red carpets, paparazzi with the old flash bulbs you know things going off big things like that dude she needs an assistant to abuse as well absolutely absolutely she needs that she needs a, a little uh, dirty manager she needs all that kind of stuff bro. either a mousy little woman or a dirty man like a, a some sort of assistant something yeah. i don't know yeah. like maybe she's all that kind of deal with the assistant who knows you know get the sympathy up for have you could have both one guy that deals with the theaters and he's the is that and and then the the runner girl all that kind of stuff absolutely yeah yeah uh, um, just everyone everyone match. can be one of these yep we also need some spinning newspaper bit <laughs> um but winner tony storm absolutely winner tony storm uh very very impressed young lady um stokely hathaway's backstage and he says on aew rampage a new number one contender will be crowned for the roh world championship they want a champion that smells like tom ford not burger king so um that who's the roh champion uh joe i have no uh eddie kingston I was gonna say it's either a slight on Joe or Eddie Kingston eating shitty Burger King, and because yeah. uh, Renee pops for it too, so something yeah. went on backstage. Want, where that yeah. was a big, yeah, two two bigger bigger gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> the Burger King <laughs> in Newport's, I think, was in yeah, there too. You know, real quick, also yeah. like that that was good line, Burger King in Newport. <laughs> Which means know, Eddie it, Kingston to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. New York and <laughs> so they the you know Ring of Honor did this where they based their whole uh i was talking with somebody smarter than me about this they ran their whole promotion their 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 backbone their meat and potatoes is is just matchmaking and and dream matches and and these these uh marquee matches that you may never be able to see with no story no heat nothing and like it's like no, it's like what? Like Hitler when he tried to invade Russia and didn't learn from Napoleon in history that the Russian winner killed off all the French and he yeah. tried it. And it's the same kind of 
I'm, you know, like you're not learning from history. I'm not comparing the the Russians went into no, the, the, the Russians went into Afghanistan in 1981 to yeah. 83, and the Mujahideen fucked them over 15 times a Sunday, and now here we are, fucking yes. lose, lose, lose. It's not learning from history. So I know that the boss knows Ring of Honor, knows their history. So mm -hmm. you would think like there would be. You would see that that just Matt, just Daniel Bryan and Zack Saber Jr. is not going to make AEW a household uh, name, a household company. No, it's not going to separate it from WWE and the and the. It's not going to get them on the Slurpees. It's not going to get them on uh, the the billboards or the or the commercials for Pepsi. Like this is where we they should be going. And um, and he's the guy who even cut the promo of uh, I need to change my style. I can't work like this anymore. Well. I would take a look at what Tony Storm's doing and figure out what that is for you. You know, like what is, what is that world to, to be a character and that he's still going to have to deliver because that's what he's made his career on. But uh, there's a lot easier ways to do this shit. Um, and then the big news of the day, Ed Gee is in the house. Adam Copeland is here, uh, you know, and uh, comes out, cuts the big promo of dream matches that he wants to have to get pops from the crowd, really commanding it. They did a good job of uh, showing the crowd, really made this feel like a big moment, big event for the fourth uh, year anniversary. So I was glad for TK on that one because it really is a big moment of yeah. F you over WWE. It really is. Um, and then I got heated because we jumped the shark way too early. He should not be calling out Christian. Christian should be on a heel run. Ed should be having all these baby face get overs till heels got him cornered. And then when he really needs them, that's when out of nowhere, heel Christian answers the call and the pendulum from an extreme heel swings to an extreme baby face because in that moment is how we can flip somebody back the other way to come out here and do it night one on dynamite to fucking put them in the same ring. You just killed all the fucking value of where you could have gone until that moment happened. The, the, the anticipation for his and Christian's AEW yeah, uh, unite, unite. You, you know, it's gonna it's gonna happen. But again, the the track record isn't good. We've seen how the Hardys should have been on this retirement tour de force. It should have been this huge uh, uh, send. It should have been just this attraction, and it wasn't. They're losing to to um, the 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 righteous in four ways, and, and nothing against them, but. What the fuck are we talking? And I got it. Here's my problem: is like you can easily go, oh, three time Booker of the Year, ha ha ha, dude. Edge and Christian have to have full carte blanche of what they say creatively. I can't believe that he they wouldn't either of them, and nobody's going to challenge them. And if this is really like this isn't an AEW moment, this is a wrestling moment. Edge and Christian reunited under a different banner. First, this is their fucking moment to do it. Why would those guys with as advanced veterans of minds that they have say that, yeah, this is how we should do it and go that way? Or are they just going, fuck it. He's paying me seven million over two years. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck this guy wants me to do. Or or they're going, I don't know how long this gravy train's gonna last. Yeah, yeah. Let's get yeah. in our let's do what we yeah, want to yeah, do. Yeah. You know but what I mean? Dude, to me, like fuck to to go from no black and white. <laughs> 
on the on the Tony Storm editing, the jump in the shark on this, man. I was spitting nails last night as a fucking writer, producer, director, bro. I was spitting it, nails. It was it's interesting. I mean, look, we can it that's big. That's pretty big. That's a big get because that's the first Hall of Famer. And that's the first like that they used they used Sting better than WWE ever did. Yeah, they weren't going to use Sting. Well, that was from the get go. But like yeah. the the yeah they did they did they do and, and Edge uh this is a huge it's a huge move because he wants it, it's definitively like him saying uh probably it, it, to me it feels like I'm tired of the 20 minute monologue and I want to get in here and do they the guys want. Those guys, those old guys that everybody is like, man, they're great. Some of them have this thing in them and they can't quiet it. And they are, they want to do that five-star shit. They want that match just because of their ego, because it's a thing. And it is a thing in wrestling. It is a thing. So because it's a thing, Edge is going to go for it, right? Uh, and he's that type of, type of guy that, I mean, the guy came back after nine years of being told, don't do this ever again. Uh, yeah, we just didn't need the go fuck yourself moment and all that with the bro hug and like what we could have had there was edge dream match dream match promo i'm here and then out comes daniel bryan he go i got a dream match for you well i got some unfinished business right like right. and we build to something baby baby to start with we need like three baby face baby face dream bookings before we ever even think about crossing paths with Christian, but they did it on Russell Dream. On they 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 started it out there started on Wet it. Dream. So like, just, and they did. And that's they, where I go. How am I? How am I supposed to question Christian and Edge if they're not pumping the brakes on this to see if there's way more money? But like you said, <laughs> gravy train might be slowing up. Let's get it there. So yeah, and they're not spring chickens. And if you were gonna do it, I guess. You know, that was look, and here here's here's here if I'm gonna let's do a silver lining, right? I'm mm. I'm working on being more positive. So Yellow. um if you were going to cuss, that was the time to do it. Yeah. AEW is plagued with throwaway meaningless actions that should mean something, whether it's moves, whether it's promos, whether it's words. Whatever it is, it's from a flipper forearm that's unnecessary to uh, dropping f bombs when unnecessary. Last night, that is proof and and, and uh, you know an example of how swear words, cussing the f word, can be very effective and really set it over the edge. Instead of instead being like, hit- "I'm a tough guy," I forgot to say "bitch, bitch." You know. Yeah. Instead, they hit the censor button on it. <laughs> So yeah, I didn't hear. He's like, you can go. I was like, well, yeah, go, yeah. Where? go where? Well, I think uh, my conspiracy theory is that of the 100 uh, WWE firings that they uh, picked up the hot prospect DJ Jazzy Def, who couldn't get the sound cues right over there as well, and uh, that's who was running the board last night <laughs> over here to put the heat on him. So, oh uh, yeah, I'm on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so you know, and then we get Christian t- Tuesday. Or, Adam what was, what was uh what was uh Cody's wife? I'm a black bitch or whatever this black bitch. Whatever, oh I yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Uh, you may be a black belt, but I'm a black bitch. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Who told you it was open mic night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, but great hey, 
<laughs> but y'all, uh, man, four years in the can, uh, how quickly time goes by. But it was one of those nights backstage, and I imagine a lot of people had a lot of high anxiety while the show was going on uh, back there, bro. So, uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm super happy, man, you're going to join us uh, again today as well as a, a banger episode of the Monday Locker Room. Everybody really uh, great feedback on that and joined it with the vet and Timmy and myself, man. But uh, I know you got to go put on some Mount Rushmore and work on your seawalk uh, for – uh, just getting that all wired down. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, what's what else going on with you, man? Shows this weekend there this month? Oh yeah, um, uh, kind of a, a busy few weekends coming up. MCW Pro Wrestling will be at the RJ Meyer Arena for Autumn Armageddon. That's in Joppa, Maryland, on Friday. That's a week from this Friday, October the thirteenth. Uh, and then we go to the following day on Saturday, October the 14th, Hollywood, Maryland, in the Hollywood Fire Department, not Hollywood, Florida, not Hollywood, California, mm-hmm. Hollywood, Maryland, much more glamorous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that is my docket for November. Damn, November's slow. Also, anytime Renee Dupree is wrestling um, any sort of indie show and he broadcasts it, uh, you will be able to enjoy the uh, – Broadcast uh, soundbite stylings of Brent tearing Timmy Baltimore. I should have done two names. People get confused, man. People are like, "Oh, like I really screwed things up." In more ways. You think he's gonna look up and say, "Are you gonna fucking do this my whole match?" (laughs) (laughs) I said. I said. <laughs> great stuff good times great oldies and uh that's how you learn man there's only one way to learn the hard way <laughs> and you you never forget those fucking spine chilling moments that's for sure oh shit <clears throat> uh the 21st of october that's, oh sorry go ahead that's really fine i'm sorry i was just saying that's the line when you know like that's it that's the line of sand when you take those ass chewings or ass whoopings and you keep coming back yeah. that's there it is right yeah yeah you knew you know you've been the scolded puppy on that one and you shit on the carpet (laughs) you got to get your nose rubbed in it so uh the 21st of october uh coble skill new york immortal returns blaze ram and i hell bent on revenge uh so uh everybody's a target nobody's safe uh y'all and uh i don't know maybe i will uh send this to tony stormer or whatever man it's all phony wrestling i just try and hold the art to the highest standard possible and this is an opportunity to do that so i get uh over impassioned about uh (laughs) things like that you know just for some phony fucking tv when there's a lot bigger things going on in the world but appreciate everybody's support in the cannabis another big week here with uh general licensing opening so i've been going hard in the paint with my business partners that way to Get open, as they say, as uh, we're trying to make our dreams come true for me and you. Uh, and it did today here for the Crip Gang. It's uh, Timmy Baltimore, my cuh, out here uh, in the cut with Light the Fuse, Hacker Hameen Infidels. Y'all. If you're not Caucasian, uh, then... Ding dong. Hello? <laughs>